It was a setting very much like ours. People gathered in a house of worship to listen as someone proclaimed ancient scripture and to have it interpreted for their present time. And then the people needed to respond to the word as it had been proclaimed. The people who gathered for that weekly worship that day in the Nazarene synagogue were hearing familiar words, following the ordinary rituals of faith, deeply meaningful, full of significance and power. Except when Jesus comes to town, when Jesus comes home, nothing is familiar or ordinary. Luke begins the stories of Jesus' ministry by describing his first trip back home since being baptized and visited by the Holy Spirit. It is the Sabbath, and like all observant Jews, Jesus goes to the synagogue for worship, as is the custom. He volunteers to be a worship participant for that day. I'm sure much to the relief of the first century version of Terry of the synagogue. And he selects his scripture passage from the scroll of Isaiah, proclaiming that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because it has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to declare that this is the year of the Lord's favor. The people in the synagogue knew well the prophet Isaiah's call to their ancestors in exile to remain faithful and hold fast to the hope that God's promises of restoration and peace would be fulfilled. And one day they would return home again, home with God, following no other rule except the commands of God, to love God, to love their neighbors, having no other gods before them. Home, one with God. But we know that over the centuries since the Babylonian exile, that vision of home never quite came to pass. We are in the middle of this story in our disciple Bible study on Tuesday nights. And we are just hearing the same things over and over again of God speaking to the people through the various prophets. Essentially, come home. Remember who you are. Remember how I created you to be with one another and with me. We hear it. And the peoples try, but they struggle and they fail. And yet God continues to be faithful, continues to hold on to the promises and offer them to the people. And so those sitting before Jesus are heirs of this promise and the struggle to come home and remember who they are. 
And these words of Isaiah, of one who says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring you home, have kind of become over the centuries a messianic job description. That these actions would be fulfilled by someone to come in some future time. One in whom faithful generations of Jews had waited and waited. And so, when Jesus comes home, deliberately selecting this passage to read as the basis for his first public speech in the Gospel of Luke, our role, just like the role of those before Jesus, is to lean in, to fix our eyes on him, and take in every word, because this is no ordinary sermon. The messianic expectations of the coming one is reinterpreted before their very eyes with nine simple but profound words. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. A nine-word sermon. Then Jesus sat down. To read these words aloud before your own relatives in your hometown synagogue required much courage, as we'll read more about next week in this passage. Because in reading this portion of Hebrew scripture, Jesus is saying his life's work is tied to the work of the Spirit. The Spirit is upon me. The Spirit has anointed me. The Spirit has sent me. What Jesus seems to be expressing is this, that when the Holy Spirit gives you a mission, you are caught up in the life and vitality of God and God's desire for love and compassion to be felt by all people. This mission of being spirit-called and spirit-sent is the heart of Jesus' understanding of himself and all of his relationships. I would even say that is the heart of Luke's gospel, what Luke wants us as followers of Jesus to know about Jesus. The good news is that Jesus is on a Holy Spirit mission to bring about reconciliation, restoration, and renewal. But not just for some people, but for all people. This mission doesn't stop with Jesus either. It includes all who hear him, who fix their eyes on him, who open their ears to his words, and who receive the same spirit mission. As he says, today these words are fulfilled in your hearing. Not just in my speaking, but in your hearing. And because the word of God, as the book of Hebrews reminds us, is living and active, Jesus wasn't just giving a sermon for a particular Sabbath to a particular people 2,000 plus years ago in Israel-Palestine. Jesus is giving a commission 
that applies to everyone who ever hears his words, no matter what language or culture or era in time. Jesus' words are for today. Jesus' anointing at his baptism wasn't an event that occurred just for himself. It didn't just leave him with a nice memory of that what happened to him that one time John dunked him in the river. This anointing and sending in the sense that the Holy Spirit placed an action on Jesus that led to ongoing results. It's the Greek verb tense that it it shows this event happened, but it starts a trajectory that has no end point. It's an ongoing process that Jesus describes this anointing and sending and calling. And part of that is to share that same spirit that calls and sends and brings the word of God to life. So today, this scripture has been fulfilled in our hearing. And now it's our job to work for that fulfillment through our ongoing actions as a congregation. Yes, we have commissioned the members of the coordinating council for this year, but they cannot do the work of staying true to our collective words and deeds with the mission of God without all of us, without all of us as a congregation. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon all of us, equipping all of us with the gifts and talents and quirks to share the good news, to proclaim the reality of God in our midst and what that does to us, what that means for us, It is critical. I would say the life of our church depends on it, that we ask how the Spirit of the Lord is anointing us, calling all of us to step up for ministry in the present and future. Now, we know that we are not anointed by the Spirit to recreate some version of what the church used to be or what we think it should be. But instead, we are anointed to look around and look forward into what God calls Providence Baptist Church to become. Beloved, the Holy Spirit is already equipping us for a task and giving us the time to do something for God. To know our mission as a congregation and to understand what God has given us to do is as important for us as it was for Jesus as he began his earthly ministry in his hometown. We are all spirit-called and spirit-sent with a mission to be in this world in such a way that others will see this scripture being fulfilled in their hearing. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. So take courage with the joy of the Lord as your strength to follow where that spirit is already leading us. And let the people of God say, Amen.